Hey everybody, it's Jason. Welcome or welcome back to the Mosaic Church Podcast. At the end of this podcast, please take a moment to connect with us on social media. It's a great place to learn more and to see what's happening at Mosaic. Most importantly, hope the following message encourages and inspires you to take a new step on your faith journey. Enjoy. The truth is we all love winning. And there are some people here today who are extremely overcompetitive. So if you are at home or here right now, raise your hand if you're overcompetitive. Look at you're now competing about who's raising their hands because y'all looked around first to be like, whoa, 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 what do you mean overcompetitive? I'm just like really competitive. Overcompetitive is that overzealous, over the top, you'll do whatever it takes to win. And you know, this is how you know if you're overcompetitive because pretty much all of you should be raising your hands. When you play board games, video games, sports, whatever it is, do you find yourself frustrated or angry when you're not winning at the end of this thing? Like you're playing your kids in shoots and ladders in Candyland and you flip the board at the end. You've now sent your child into a pathway of needing to talk to a therapist forever about why their mom or dad did that. If you see yourself just grinding your teeth and digging your fingernails into your hands when something which would never, ever happen in the history of all of national football, if the Bears perhaps were in front of the Packers in a game, it's not going to happen, so it doesn't matter. You know you're over-competitive. Competitive people like to win. In fact, we just all like to win, right? We like to win. Nobody plays a game to be on the losing side. But I want to introduce a new thought for you today about Easter. Because this isn't about over-competitive or playing games. This is something about winning. I want to have this whole new idea. I want to stick two words into your mind when you think of Easter moving forward. This is your first time experiencing anything with Easter or church, or perhaps you've been it your whole life. Think of these two words. God wins. God wins. Just think about this. This whole story, we started with Good Friday. We started with this idea that the King of Kings was taken, beaten. He was put on a cross. He died in our place. And then there's this silence. And then Sunday comes. God wins. We think about what everything that's happening through the course and the history. Actually, when you read the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, if you've ever engaged the Word of God before, in the beginning of Genesis, God creates He says it's good. Guess what? God wins. God creates human. He likes us. God wins. We fall apart. We start the process of sin. We birth sin into the world. And from that story in Genesis all the way to Revelation, God wins. God goes onto a course of saving humanity. God wins. Jesus comes. He did what he said he was going to do. God wins. And let me just tell you how the story ends. In the end, Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back this time, he's not a baby in a manger and he's not a man being charged hanging on a cross. He comes back as the king of kings. God wins. This entire story is about a God who wins. And guess what? He has won in the past and he's going to win again. And when we look at his story, whether you're not exactly sure you believe in this all yet, or if maybe you're exploring or you've been doing this for a while, maybe you're just at that place in your faith walk where you're just bored. 
Because there's people like that here today too. I've been doing this for a while. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Maybe you're excited and you're fired up. It doesn't matter where you are on this journey. I'm asking you to explore this thought. God wins. And if he wins, what does that mean? And so today we're going to dig into a passage of Jesus. And this passage is the telling of what happens when a group of ladies come up to see if this is really true. Did, did Jesus really, this really happen? Because for these ladies, as they come to this grave, they are going with God lost. When they come to the grave, they all believe, all of his disciples, everybody across the land believed God lost. His own disciples, the people who loved him, the people who walked with him, talked with him, ate with him, disbanded and left him. God lost. They saw Jesus hanging on a cross. In fact, the only account that we know of a disciple still sitting there was John. The other guys were gone. Judas went and killed himself for betraying Jesus. God lost. They come up into a Friday, into a Saturday with despair and a broken heart. God lost. And that's where we're going to pick up our passage today in Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. If you have your Bibles with you, feel free to flip there. Bible apps, we'll have it up on the screens for you as well. It's always good to read for yourself. What does the Word of God say? Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In the, in the fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hand of sinners, be crucified on the third day, and be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they, they told all these things to Mary, the mother of J or, sorry, to Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. So we have this group of women. Now, for the Jewish culture, they came up into their Sabbath. And so what we hear in the story before, and actually why they expedited the crucifixions, because the Jewish people couldn't work on the Sabbath, and Sabbath was Saturday. So Jesus was hung on Friday with two thieves. The thieves were not dead at the time, and so their legs were broken because they had to be taken down before Sabbath came. They were not allowed to work. So here on the Sabbath Saturday, these women on Friday night go back to start to make the preparation of the perfumes and all of the things that they would do to adorn the body, which is customary for burial. But they couldn't do it on their holy day. So the first day of the week, though we think it's Monday, for them was Sunday, Easter, our Easter Sunday. So they come up into Sunday and they come up to the grave. They've made all these preparations. They rested on Saturday and now they come to the grave. As they come up to the grave, we see... Uh, Four groups of people, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, 
mother, Mary the mother of James, and just a group of others. These others, as they were spoken of as women, were a group of women, which was customary to take care of the body. And so these women were all coming to take care of Jesus' body. They walk up to the tomb, and as they get to the tomb, they see some, the, the stone is rolled away, which is terrifying. And as they get into the, into the tomb, he's gone. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. Imagine you go to a funeral of a body of somebody you have seen pass away, and the body is not in the casket. It's gone. Terror. I mean, terror. All these thoughts had to have been running through their heads. Somebody stole him. He had so many enemies. Maybe they mutilated him. Maybe there's a fear there's going to be an uprising of these Jesus followers that's going to start to take over Rome. Maybe Rome did something with it. They don't, they're just chaos happens. So the first thing I can imagine, which isn't saying the scriptures, let's just put ourselves there, is they would just start weeping. Like where, fear, scared. And but as this moves on, something amazing happens. These two men clothed in white like lightning. Now, I've never seen white like lightning because I don't use bleach because I'd screw up all my clothes. But let's just think for a second, was white like lightning? Like something means that there was something so radiant they couldn't look at it. So it was so bright, they fall to the ground in absolute fear. So think of the therapy these ladies are going to need at this moment. <laughs> they go to the tomb of their supposed savior who has died. They've gone to prepare his body because he is dead. They loved him, but he's not alive. And so they go there, and their heart's broken, and these men are shining, and they are saying to them, hey, 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 what are you doing looking for somebody who's alive where a bunch of dead people are? Cute joke, guys. Like, why don't you just get to the point? But I love what he says after that. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? And I love this next part. Don't you remember what he said? When you get into a time that's hard and difficult in life, I don't know what you go to. I don't know what your vice is. I don't know what, you're, what you do when you're stressed out. But these women couldn't be any more stressed out. And this is the greatest advice I've seen in a long time. Don't you remember what Jesus said? What if when we're completely freaking out and things are hard, we actually go back to what Jesus said? Remember the things that he said. Remember his teachings. Go to the red letters. What if our lives so much believed and really believe in this Savior that's risen? What if we believe so much that God wins? That's our automatic go-to, is that when life is hard, I go to remember what he said. But these men remind them, don't you remember what he said? The Son of Man must be, be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. So let's now backtrack. When did he say that? Mark chapter 9, verses 30 to 32. Because he reminds him, remember when you guys were in Galilee? He said this. So here's Mark chapter 9, verses 30 to 32. We're going back in time. Going on from there, they passed through Galilee. But Jesus did not want anyone to know because he was teaching his disciples. He told them, the Son of Man will be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand this statement, and they were afraid to ask him about it. It's right there. Hey, guys, I'm going to be handed over. I'm going to be killed. I'm going to rise again. 
And they're like, well, I'm not going to ask him. What does that mean? I'm not going to ask him. And they're all looking at each other like, what is that supposed to mean? That is a very clear statement. Like, I am going to be handed over and killed, and I'm going to raise again. In fact, Jesus repeats his statement and predicts his death multiple times, three times in the, in the Gospels, that there is a fact that Jesus is saying, guys, this shouldn't surprise you, but it is surprising. Because any human raising from the dead would be surprising. But let's just put into fact the way where their mind was. God lost. It's really hard to remember those things when you think God is losing. It's really hard when you start to see the one that you adored and worshiped and loved hanging on a tree dying. It's really hard to see them take his body down and place into a tomb. And as they wept over his lifeless body, perhaps they put their hands on him and wept. And they walked away to prepare spices to say, oh, yeah, oh, he's going to raise again. Yeah, no problem. Three days, we got this. I do not even have an ounce of that faith. I would have been in the same place that they were. God's lost. God's dead. But this is the light bulb that goes off. Bing, says, and they remember. So they have this flashback moment. Could you imagine that moment of like, wait a minute, he did say this. They, he he said he doesn't lose. He says that God wins. He told us that he was going to raise again from the dead. So they take off and they head back and they start to tell everybody, all the disciples, back, guys, everybody, check this out. They're, you won't believe this. Tomb, rolled away. Uh, Jesus, gone. Uh, and they're, they're muttering because they're freaked out, right? Uh, white men, lightning, bright, super bright, burn my eyes, on the ground, scared. Then, I remember, we remember what he said. He said he was going to raise again. Guys, Jesus is alive. And they don't believe him. Pfft, that's nonsense. Absolutely not. Now, you would also have to inject here that the women would have said, guys, do you remember when Jesus said when we were in Galilee that he said that the Son of Man is going to be handed over and that he's going to be, he's going to be crucified, he's going to die, he's going to raise again. Remember when he said that? Uh, it didn't happen. But Peter takes off. Now, why Peter takes off is a mystery. We don't know what's in his mind, but I like to play let's guess, right? I wonder if he remembered. I wonder if something said, wait a minute, is it real? Did he really say that? Was there an inkling of hope that God won? Was there something inside of him that said, I remember? But he takes off. He runs up into the tomb. He sees it lying there. He's gone. Jesus is alive. Jesus wins. But this is the beauty of this whole story, is that when these disciples see the risen Lord alive and then Jesus starts to appear to them, do you know what they talked about when they went out and talked to people about their faith and what they believed in Jesus? It wasn't about, hey, I've got a track I want to hand you here, just read about Jesus. It wasn't a five-step evangelistic program. What they did is they talked about the resurrected Jesus I have seen him, he's alive. We have seen him, he's alive. What they talked about was that you have to understand, we were eyewitnesses that Jesus actually was alive. And their greatest story, which now becomes Christian canon for our forefathers to us now, is they called Jesus the victor. The victor. There's a sign, iconic sign, perhaps you've seen this before in different Christian backgrounds. Put the picture up for me. 
This picture, if you've seen this before, is a cross. Maybe it looks familiar to you. You may have no idea what this means, but let me share with you what it means. First of all, you have the picture of the cross. In the four points there, up from left to right, you see the letters I-C. That's the Greek letters for the first name, for the first uh, name of Jesus. X-C, for the last word, Christos. Jesus Christ, from left to right on the top of the cross. On the bottom is the word Nika, separated by the lower portions, which means victor. Jesus Christ wins. This picture has been passed down from the very early church. And the early church would place this in different places. It'd be on all their different grave sites and catacombs. This Jesus Christ, victor, is the resurrected King and Lord. And so when they told their story and they went around, they said, we have seen Jesus and he wins. He beat death. He is alive. This is real. How do we know it's real? So let's just say these group of men and women say, we're willing to die for this cause because we saw Jesus. How do we all these years later really know and believe that Jesus really is alive? These young men and young women, almost every single one of them was murdered because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Because of their belief in Jesus and because they're talking about Jesus, they are enemies to Rome. Because there's a fear that there'd be an uprising, these young men and women who got to see Jesus went and they spread the news of the gospel everywhere they could by saying, we've seen him, he's alive, he wins, God wins, he was the Messiah. And they're telling people, and almost every one of his disciples was murdered. Now, would you get murdered and die for something that was fake? Would you be willing to die for a story and a lie that you made up? Because I don't see his disciples sitting there saying, okay, guys, let's make a really good story up and just fool everybody so we don't look stupid. You know, because we don't want to look dumb that he really wasn't Jesus, the son of God. He was just a guy. So let's make up a story so much so that we're all going to get killed for it, but we're going to hang on to this truth and nobody crack, okay? Especially not you, John, right? Don't crack, bro. Like, they're, they're not going to do that. The proof in the story of the resurrected Jesus is that these men and women who saw the resurrected king were willing to die for the cause. That their life was on the line because what they saw was real. I am telling you that I know that I know that I know that Jesus is the victor. Jesus wins. And if Jesus wins, that means he beat death. If Jesus wins and came alive, that means what he said was true. If Jesus wins, that means that he was the son of God. If Jesus wins, that means you win. You now win because he won. Because God wins, you win. Because you're not going to beat death. You don't have the ability to fix the sin you've created. You've created too big of a hole and only God can fill it. And this beautiful story is that we sit back and say, Jesus Christ, victor, God wins. The story of Easter is one where we can sit and celebrate and worship and be at a place of saying, God wins. If God lost, all hope was lost. 
If God lost, those young men and those women would have disbanded. If Jesus was still in the grave, the story was over. If this happened on Friday and Sunday there was no resurrection, we wouldn't be here today. If this was just another man who did nice things for nice people, was a good guy, we lose. But that's not what happened. The tomb was empty. The men said he's gone. They run there. He's not there. Jesus is alive. And because Jesus is alive, you are alive. Because Jesus gives us hope, you have hope. And I'm telling you, friends, this, on your faith journey, wherever you are right now, nothing is better than the moment that you embrace with your entire life that God wins. And I can't do it on my own. You can't beat death. But you don't have to because Jesus did it for you. So this Easter, friends, may the words ring in your heart and may you be one of the disciples now who goes out and shares the word that Jesus is alive. May you be just like those women who came and said, he's gone, he is risen, he is alive, and because he is alive, I'm alive. This Easter, let's never forget God wins. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to connect with you at our weekend gathering for service time, directions, and to learn more about our vision to ignite a movement of love that transforms our community and the world, visit us at mosaicwi.com.